on my flight to Japan, I was like, how do I help and show other people like me that you can go and see the rest of the world? Because, you know, I was already a motivational speaker at that point. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take video and pictures of Japan because I know it's different and I'm going to share it with people. But I'm also going to put a motivational message in there to let them know that they can do this. And so that's how the Create Your Life series started. Africa X. Create your life. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series, and I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Today, I am recording episode 200 from Nairobi, Kenya. This is a celebratory episode. We have finally made it to 200. It has taken some time, given the life changes and growth that have happened throughout us starting the recording of the radio show slash podcast version of the Create Your Life series seven years ago. But I also want the Create Your Life family to know that the podcast is at episode 200, but the Create Your Life series started in 2013 in Japan as a vlog way before people were vlogging and travel influencing etc so in reality we've definitely passed episode 200 before the pod we celebrate in episode 200 and so if you want to see the origins of the create your life series then definitely 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 go to our YouTube channel which is youtube.com backslash at sign CYL series and you can find it there we started with the Japan edition as our initial series and then we moved to the Bahamas edition, then the Dominican Republic edition, and then on to the California edition. So it's definitely been a journey. And actually, this is year 10 of the Create Your Life series. So we've been at this for a while. And to do episode 200 some justice and properly talk about the journey to getting here, I've invited our former resident guest for CEO Talks and a friend and family of the Create Your Life series, Mr. Eric Fondren, to be our guest host. So Eric will be interviewing me today, but he is also a financial professional that specializes in wealth management and estate planning for young families and professionals. And guided by his faith and family, Eric's career and entrepreneurial background have provided him with knowledge from many different industries. And I also want to include Create Your Life Family that Eric is actually one of my advisors and on my personal board of directors. So definitely a friend of the show. And if you go back and you listen to episodes with CEO Talks, you'll definitely see that Eric had a lot to contribute. I always joke with him and I say, man, you ether me on my own episodes with the amount of quotes and gems that you drop, bro. It's always good to have Eric on. So without further ado, Eric, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a minute since I was last on the show, but I know that you've evolved. The show has evolved and I'm just excited to be here with him. I think the last time that you were probably on the show might have been 2018, bro. <laughs> five years. Yeah, it's five years ago. So much to catch up on. And I'm happy that you're the person who's doing this and who's a part of episode 200 because we talk so much that you've had the opportunity to see the growth and you can ask me the hard questions or the exploratory questions in order for us to make sure that the listeners get to take away some serious value and tangibles from me because I'm not usually the one being interviewed. I'm doing the interviewing. So without further ado, again, I'm going to hand everything over to you, bro. You are in charge. I am out. I am the guest. So create your life family. Bear with your boy. Let's do this. Eric, it's all yours. Well, very quickly, how does it feel to be on the other side? I mean, it feels good. I know I'm in good hands. So I think that that is a definite plus for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned in, when you first started the podcast that you started Create Your Life in Japan. I'm not sure I was aware it was a Japan origin story. Can you flesh that out a little bit? Yeah, most definitely, man. So what happened was, is I was selected to be a two-time presenter at the International Foster Care Organizations Conference in Osaka, Japan. And I had never been to Japan. I believe I had a speaking in engagement and I just got off the phone with a young lady I was dating at the time and I was in a hotel room because I just finished the speaking engagement when I got the notification. I was like, wow, man, this is amazing. And honestly, bro, in that hotel room, I actually cried a bit because I was like, man, you know, I went all the way from being like a hopeless foster child who had no idea where I was going to now internationally, they want to know how to build successful foster care children from me. I took that with me and I went back to New York and on my flight to Japan, I was like, how do I 
my help and show other people like me that you can go and see the rest of the world. Because, you know, I was already a motivational speaker at that point. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take video and pictures of Japan because I know it's different and I'm going to share it with people. But I'm also going to put a motivational message in there to let them know that they can do this. And so that's how the Create Your Life series started. People don't really realize how much hard work it is to get the proper B-roll as strangers. I was there by myself, so I was asking strangers, hey, can you hold this camera while I say this particular part? I recited my script for a couple of minutes, then find somebody randomly in the street. I'm trying to remember if I even had a tripod. People were holding the camera for me and I would spit my script. And that's how I went about creating it. And then, you know, when I got back to the States, I had all of this footage, but I didn't really know how to produce like that. Right. I reached out to one of my boys, Eddie Velasquez, who went to Clark with me, who studied mass comm. And I was like, yo, Ed, I got this project, man. I need you to help me out, bro. I told him the vision and he was with it. And I was like, yo, man, I want this to be a Clark Atlanta project where the people who are working on it are from Clark, just kind of like how Morehouse, how Spellman does it. I want this to be something that we could say that we did together. And so even now, when you look at all of the stuff like Japan edition, we're like relaunching it or reissuing it on social media and stuff like that. Like Eddie's tag, his name is in all of the credits because he was one of the original people to actually invest his time and his effort into the show. And I think he did Japan for free. It was when I brought the other ones. <laughs> he was like, yo, bro, <laughs> I need some buddy. He was just there on the strength for the love because he believed in the vision, man. So that's the origin story of the Create Your Life, man. That's amazing. So you mentioned that when you first started, you were kind of a motivational speaker. You were in a very specific domain from a topic perspective, speaking at foster care agencies, you're speaking to foster kids about being a foster kid. That transitioned and you mentioned basically the work that you put in can manifest new opportunities and new doors. So how did that kind of inform what Create Your Life was going to be after you had acquired all the footage? The goal for Create Your Life was to show as much as the Japanese lifestyle as possible, the different places. I went to like seven different cities in 15 days and spending four days in Osaka. So, you know, in 11 days, I did seven different cities. I'm talking about going even across country on a bullet train to Kyoto from Tokyo, Yokohama, to Kamakura, where the big Buddha is, to Miyajima, Hiroshima, all of these different cities. The goal was to show that it was possible. That was really what it was about. It showed that it's possible that somebody like us could do it and that it's really a matter of putting in the work, but putting your mind to it and making sure that there's a motivational message there. And the motivational messages that were in each video were the tools that could get you to have an experience like that. Because where I'm from, I don't know that I've met over three people who are from my neighborhood outside of the state of California. I'm really having a hard time with the three people. One of my best friends, because I have a bunch of best friends, is from my neighborhood. And I've met him outside of the city before. But just people who are just from there, like, oh, Roma's from there. I've met a couple, but it's not many of us, and especially not many males. It's that, yo, this is possible. Like, I never heard of anybody going to Japan. Not from where I'm from. Not foster kids like that, right? I mean, people were going to be there for the conference, but not from where I'm from. Had you traveled overseas before Japan? Yeah, I traveled overseas. So I studied abroad in London. I think that was my first trip overseas. From there, I just kind of had the travel bug. And a lot of it was based off of curiosity, man. I'm just curious about how other people do things and how they live. I've always had an affinity for Japanese architecture and minimalism. The first jobs that I wanted to do before wanting to be a clothing designer was I actually wanted to be an architect. I used to play with Legos and build like different houses and rooms and things like that. I thought it was really cool. But once I caught a hold of how you can space everything out and all your essentials could be there, but it could be at minimal, you don't need all of these things crowding your space, then I was like, yo, man, this is dope. I saw a lot of it in Japanese style. I was fascinated. It sounds like it also plugged like a personal goal for you in terms of here's an accomplishment I made in my career, but I get to go to a place that I've been looking for. Tie that into what it means for you to create your life. Honestly, I always say the absence of expectation can lead to amazing results or amazing elevations. A lot of people were very surprised that I even made it into college. All of my mentors at the time were surprised that I made it through a week there. And that was like a real thing. Thank God they never told me that until I had finished because I just had like this level of determination. Want to internalize that. Right. Sure. What it means to me to create my life is that I'm lucky. Like I said, there was no expectation. So I just got to create and just do the things that came to mind or the things that I wanted to do. And I think some of it has to do with also being stubborn and wanting to do things your way and being okay with the consequences are the results that come from them, but also doing your best to make sure that the results are that of which you want. I remember where I really thought that it became possible for me is 
I was in trouble. Well, I had a teacher, Miss Evans, in high school. She was a chemistry teacher, and she would get upset because I was sleep in her class. I'm a teenager. I'm up all night doing nothing, just up to be up, and then you sleeping in your first or second, you know, class. And she would get mad that I was sleeping in her class, but I would pass her tests. And she was operating off percentages. She had basically worked it out to where I couldn't get more than a C in her class. For me, call me anything, but don't call me stupid. And me getting C's is crazy. I came up with this rule when I was in high school. It was like always more A's than B's and never any C's. That'll put you at like at least a 3.4, 3.5, if you can follow that. And so I was mad and it was like time for standardized testing. And so I walked out of the standardized test and I just started walking around campus like the oldest, like I'm upset. And so my ninth grade photography teacher who had now become a part of the administration and the vice principal were rolling around campus making sure that the students were where they used to to be at. And I'm sitting there and they're asking me, Kevin Brown, why are you not in class? They always call me by my first and last name. I'm like, man, I ain't going to class. Evan's trying to give me a C. I'm not having that. And they're like, if you don't go back in class, then I'm going to have to take you to the office. And I was like, all right, take me to the office. They was like, we're going to have to call your folks. And I was like, go ahead, call them. It ain't going to matter. And so they took me to the office and it was cool. It wasn't like a hostile thing or anything like that. I just rolled because I was just like, I'm not going back in there. And they knew me. So, you know, it was chill. Miss Wilson, I sat in her office with her. She called my foster family uh, a couple times and I was like, nobody's going to pick up. And so nobody picked up. And she was like, well, you can sit here until the rest of the class is over. I'm like, all right, cool. No problem. She talks to me a little bit. She's like, what is your plan for your life? What do you feel like is next for you? I'm like a junior at this point. I'm like, do you really want to know? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, do you really want to know? And she's like, yeah. And then I ran her off my list. I'm like, I want to be happy. I want to move far, far away from here. I want to be happy every day. I want to get paid to be me. I want to be a host for MTV and I want to have my own clothing company and I want to be a millionaire. I want to create the life that I want. Like I want to create my life, right? Like that's where the slogan to create your life it stems from that conversation. And she was like, well, how are you going to do that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and so she started to invest in me. She was like, what do you think about going to college? And this, that, and other. I was like, well, you know, I've been to a lot of college tours. You know, I used to go on an eight-day historical black HBCU college tour on the strength that I'd be away from my foster home for eight days. So I'm out of there, right? That was what I had. And so she said, all right, let me work with you. We're going to figure this out. She told me to come to her office one day. I went to her office. She started talking about the applications, talking about her children. Her son went to MIT. I think her daughter went to Wellesley. She was an educated woman. And so I used to go to her office every day and work on my college stuff. And she would even pay for my admissions and application fees and stuff like that in order to get me into college. She's a big part of my success story, along with Mr. Fillmore Graham and Pelton Stewart from the Omega Boys and Girls Club, where I learned a lot of stuff, too. And she actually taught me one of the most important skills that I use in order to graduate college debt free is that she had walked me to the registrar's office at our high school, introduced me to Miss Garibato, talked to her, told her that I was coming to get some transcripts because I wanted to apply for scholarships and things like that. And then the next time that I needed to go, I went back to Miss Wilson and I was like, hey, Miss Wilson, you know, I need some more transcripts. Da, 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 da. And she was like, well, did you go talk to Miss Garibato? And I was like, no, I thought that I would come to you and maybe you can make a phone call or this, that, and the other. And she was like, no, you have to go down there and you have to build a relationship with her and you have to learn how to have sustainable relationships with people. I then went down and spoke to Miss Garibato and me and Miss Garibato began to build a rapport. Then Miss Wilson would make me do that with different people around campus. That was probably like one of the number one things that helped me to graduate college debt-free was being able to advocate for myself responsibly, but also being able to understand people and also, you know, do favors and things like that for people that could exercise expedite what it was that may have been what I may have needed. For example, if I needed a letter of recommendation, write the letter of recommendation, give it to the person, let them make their adjustments, sign it, and then give it to you, right? Those are ways of advocating for yourself in order to get the result that you want. Or if you need something from someone, but they need to walk across campus, I'll go and do the task of walking whatever it is across campus so that that person can then deliver. So it's being reciprocal. That's one thing I know about you is that you've always been comfortable giving. You've always been comfortable reaching out. You've always been comfortable being proactive in a relationship. And there's been seasons in my life where I haven't been on my A-game from a relationship stance. And you've always been that driving force to keep me on my toes, check in on me, like really pour into me as a brother. I've always appreciated that. You mentioned something and it got me thinking about how everybody creates their life, but you kind of transitioned from the motivating fact behind the creation. It seems like you started out, I'm creating my life because I'm running from something. And I know now, Kevin Y. Brown, that I know in 2023 creates his life because he's chasing something. Can you talk about how you've transitioned from a 
fear-based creation mechanism to a vision-based? Well, I would have to say that it's always been vision-based because, you know, in order to kind of survive 17 plus years in foster care, dealing with the things that you have to deal with, for me, I'll say for me, what it was is that I created a vision in my head and then I became obsessed with it. And that was literally what I was chasing. But I think one of the big things about it was I had to make peace with where I was from, what challenges I had to endure and what was less than ideal. And I think that that has helped and that personal work has helped because it has allowed me to be free from essentially like those shackles of having to live it within that space. And I think that's one of the biggest things that in order to create, bro, you have to be free. You have to have freedom, freedom of thought, freedom of creation, freedom of movement. In those moments when I was initially creating the vision, you're right. It was about getting away from there. Also, you could think from a place of scarcity and then now you transition into a place of abundance. But that was a long transitional period. The one thing about the Create Your Life series is that I've always been transparent with the audience about the things that I'm working on as well, because it's not me sitting up here trying to give you this grand advice as much as it's like, yo, I'm in this with you too. These are the things that I'm learning. This is where I may be falling short. This is how I'm working to improve. And that's the most important aspect of it. It's so funny, man. And what you just said, I guess it's a little bit off subject, but for so many years, I don't know if you remember this conversation. Well, you are the subject, bro. So, <laughs> but, you know, you just said that I've always poured into you and stuff like that, man. For so many years, I was like, I never do anything for Eric. And I used to <laughs> literally like, how'd you? I was like, yo, explain to me how you do this. What do you think about this? And I used to ask you all of these questions. And I remember one day we were leaving my office on 26th Street and you were like, bro, you could contribute to me in other ways. And don't worry, there's going to come a day where you're going to be able to contribute in the same way as well. And I was like, bro, why are you my friend? I feel like I give you nothing. <laughs> do you remember that conversation? Yes, I do. I was like, bro, why are you my friend? Like, I don't do anything for you. That's interesting because I think a lot of times that vision of the life we create and that belief of where we want to be, sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves to already be that person that we don't even stop to realize the value of who we are today, what we're doing for people around us. And it's intangible. There are moments in time in our relationship where I can remember vividly what was going on, what we were talking about, where we were in your apartment up in Harlem, in my kitchen in Harlem. I don't know if you remember that old spot where Mike in the podcast studio, those moments, they at least for me drive home what it is that I ultimately value. And I realize that sometimes I get caught up chasing someone else's value system. And what you have helped me do over the years is confirm to myself what my value system should be because I can get distracted by, oh, it's got to look like this. I got to be doing this thing. I got to be doing that thing. And this is just me pouring into you because I really appreciate our relationship over the years. I guess what, 08, 09 when we first connected. And one thing that I've always appreciated about you is that you've allowed me to be vulnerable, to take off the weight of the world and just be my true self, which is to look at yourself accurately enough to do the real work. Can you talk about how through Create Your Life, you've been transparent with your audiences? What are some key moments in time where you were like, that was a moment where I had to do the real work? Key moments in time. I'm still doing the work today. We never end. It never ends. <laughs> Bro, it's never ending. So key moments in time. Let's take it the beginning, right? First two years in the business, we're transitioning to radio, transitioning to a team-based process. I think one of the big things was consistency was a big thing that I had to really come to grips with. Being a speaker, you're gigging on and off. You're consistently trying to get more gigs, but the consistency may not be there because you're not receiving the results. And then Maslow's hierarchy of need kicks in and you're actually the person who put me on to Maslow's hierarchy. Because I remember, bro, there were times where you was like, bro, you just need to get a job so that you can stop stressing about taking care of your bare necessities, this, that, and other. And I was like, all right, all right, I'm going to do it. And then I'll never do it. But that consistency factor, because I used to show up at that radio station every Sunday without getting paid to do a show, whether I was out of town, I would fly in on Sunday morning to be at that station in the evening. I would communicate with my team, whether, you know, Curl Fest, which to me is a black man's holiday. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? If it was happening on a Sunday, bro, I was going to my show. I was booking guests and I set up these systems and these things like that in order to make sure that I was providing a great experience and providing value. And honestly, that consistency is what got me to where I am now. And it really anchored me because I felt like, you know, I was kind of a bit all over the place. And so I think that that was a real moment where I had to look at myself in the mirror. And I remember Miss Brown, who's been a mentor and a mother figure for me. I remember her saying, you really need to get grounded. You need to find something and you need to stick with it. And her saying that I had to look in the mirror and I had to spend some time with myself. And so the radio show aspect of it had come across as an opportunity. I there had to actually commit. So that commitment was a big thing. Because even if you look at the first Create Your Life series, the first four editions, it actually wasn't consistent. I wasn't consistently doing the videos. I was doing them in season, but sporadically. When I got on the radio and shout out to Professor Angela Harden from City College of New York, because she gave me the opportunity to have my own show on WACR 90.3 FM, The Voice of Harlem. And it was Ash Cash, shout out to Ash Cash, the homie, who had me as a guest on his show. And she had wrote in to him and said, this is why you have a show to have people like Kevin Brown on the show. And so then a couple of days later, I got my nerve up again, Miss Wilson, what she taught me. I wrote to Professor Harden, asked for contact information, wrote to her and said, you know, is it possible for me to have my own? show, do you have any slots available? She said, well, what would your show be about? And so I wrote up and made a whole deck. And then I went in and I presented it to her and I said, you know, this is what I would like to do. This is how I would like to do it. And she was like, okay, you know, you got to go through training, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That was opportunity. Oh, funny enough. Also, she has twin daughters. One of her daughters went to Clark Atlanta at the same time when I was at Clark. Again, God engineering. So I actually knew one of her daughters. It was just all good. So shout out to Kristen also. Professor Parton is the one who put me in the game. And then from there, you know, my godbrother had been telling me to podcast since like 2005 when I didn't listen to him. So I turned the radio show into a podcast. And so that's how we got into the, the podcast space and on radio. But that commitment and that consistency were big moments of reflection, looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, okay, I got to choose to be different. You're telling a story here, but what I'm hearing is the skill stacking. First, you had a vision. Then you had a skill that someone else poured into you and gave you, which was the ability to advocate for yourself. Then you had an opportunity to build another skill, which was being consistent in a creative format, putting the structure after the creativity. We go from motivational speaking to YouTube videos, to a radio show, to a podcast. Continue that history for me. What's next? Okay. Well, all four of those things were happening in tandem. I was still a motivational speaker, still doing that, traveling around the world. And that's what I meant. If I had a speaking engagement in Charlotte, North Carolina, I would do it and then be back on a flight Sunday morning, Saturday night in order to be back on air on Sunday. Again, not getting paid paid for this, but just committed to it. And I used to be inside of that studio. I go to the studio at like 11 a.m. My show's not until five. And then I get off air at 630 and still be in the studio until two or three o'clock in the morning because I'm working and looking at stuff on YouTube and stuff like that, you know, just trying to become better and better. I've done way more than 10,000 hours in the field. When we first started the show, I was like, we're going to get this syndicated on Sirius XM in two years. So that was the next step for Create Your Life. When I first got on radio, I was like, you know, we want to make this big. And so I achieved that goal. It wasn't easy, but in two years, we were definitely syndicated on Sirius XM. From there, that was the same year that, you know, I started looking at the business of podcasting. It was like, hmm, because a lot of people start wanting to podcast. They wanted to have their own shows. And I created this system that my show was operating off of. So I was like, you know what? Let me see if I can do this. And so I attended or I was a member. I was in a cohort, a startup leadership program out of New York City, which was that accelerator program for startups. One of our members wanted to start a podcast. I took my system for creating your life and turned it into podcast laundry with another friend, Thomas Till, who went to Clark with me as well. We started podcast laundry together. So Create Your Life turned into podcast laundry. Our podcast laundry was born out of the Create Your Life series' system of operations. And so Benoit Thangin, who's the host of the Solar Maverick podcast, he wanted to start his pod. So I ended up bringing him on and then using the Create Your Life system to run his show. And that was the proof of concept that it worked for other people because it definitely worked for me, but it worked for him. Unfortunately, Thomas didn't have the time to stay with the biz. So he transitioned on. I kept him still keeping it alive. And so Create Your Life brought me to Podcast Laundry. Talking about Benoit, my first client, through marketing strategies, advisory, and of course, the production quality, his show went to top three in the world in his niche, which was solar power. He was getting requested and is still to this day getting requested for documentaries, speaking engagements. He's got more inquiries than he can handle. That proved that we were doing the right thing. And then we just went on to start launching and producing 
producing podcasts for all of these other, like Dartmouth University, The Griot. We launched Cornell West podcast. Many, many, many people. We've produced over a thousand episodes and over 30 million downloads for different clients to date. That was where Create Your Life took me. And that also helped me to get a sustainable income. I remember that season. It was like, we need some income because life is... <laughs> I remember there was a time where it hurt to buy a dollar slice, bro. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? We were both in our entrepreneurial phase around that time frame. And it's just like, no, okay, you got to get some stability. Stability, bro. Chicken sandwich with an Arizona iced tea was the meal for the day. Yikes. Dollar iced teas and Little Caesar $5 pizzas. Man, that's if you had the five, though. I had to go ahead and do the whole five because I needed a meal for later in the day, too. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Once upon a time, bro. It's funny because we went through this together. People don't know. New York was a little tough in the early days. Bro, I had to sleep on a train, sleep outside, sleeping in people's hallways in order to figure it out. I remember you were telling me that. That was hardcore. Nah, man, I was determined, bro. Determined to create the life that I wanted and that I dreamed of. I couldn't have it any other way. Wow. Create Your Life family. I hope that you are really enjoying this episode. I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and let you know that our sponsors are giving special offers just for you. If you are a fellow busy podcaster who just wants to record and spend the rest of your time doing what you love, like working out at the gym with family and friends or traveling, use code CYLS for a discount on services when you go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. That kind of brings up something interesting because many people think about creating your own life as this love story to yourselves. And it's this beautiful arc. But just like every story, there is some conflict. There is a valley that you have to walk through. Can you talk about some of the negative phases and how you work through those moments in time? I'm talking about your life in general. I think the, probably the biggest challenge that I faced earlier on was when I was 10. My older sister left foster here and went back to our biological family and I was told that I couldn't go back to our biological family because they didn't think that it would be a good move for me. I didn't understand it at the time, but that was probably like one of the most pivotal moments in my life because though she left and I was the only person that I ever knew, that was my mom figure since we went in, I was nine months, she was four, but it was the only person that I actually consistently knew throughout all of the foster homes that we had moved through. At that point, when I was 10, I think I stayed in nine different places. So I think that was my ninth placement, but the rest of them I stayed, I moved to the, I guess, eight prior before I was five. So there was stability from that five to that 11 days before I turned 12, period. And so her leaving was really, really tough. I ended up moving out of that home almost two years later. That having to figure out life on my own and then just endure. A lot of my experience in foster care was just enduring because I was locked in on the vision. Like I always knew I was getting out of here. I wasn't so pointed in knowing what, how I was going to do it, but I knew that I was out of here. So I think that that helped me to understand delayed gratification. If not anything else, I realized that I wanted to be the best across the board and that also I could wait for my rewards while everybody else may have needed them right there. I could wait for it. So I think that that helps to drive me today if you stay consistent. Even when you see the arrow in the Create Your Life logo, I actually have it tattooed, a symbolic of perseverance. Life has its ups and downs, but if you keep going straight, everything will work out. So you have to persevere. You have to keep going. At the end of the day, you have to keep going. So I think that was like a, a real pivotal moment. Not making a basketball team my first year at Clark. I was supposed to go to a different university on basketball scholarship. Mind you, I got accepted into like 26 colleges and universities, over 26, I think, coming out of high school, thanks to Miss Wilson and the hard work that we put in together. But really her vision and Mr. Fillmore Graham and Pelton Stewart and the Continentals of Omega Boys and Girls Club. Shout out to Vallejo. I had went to basketball tryouts, had been training for it, and I was hands down one of the best basketball players at the university because I would play pickup with the guys and stuff like that. And I was talking big mess too. When we got to tryouts, I basically was holding back. I was just like chilling, like, you know, just doing layups. I could dunk. I could dunk from outside the key, like, but I'm just cooling. They should see me for who I am, see the flare through. Basically just a little bit, you know what I mean? Like in my head, thinking that I'm that guy. We going through the layup line, we do that. And then we have like one scrimmage. Everybody gets to scrimmage like one or two times. And then the basketball coach blows the whistle and he's like, all right, thank y'all for coming. And I'm like, hold on, bro. I didn't even get to get in my bag yet. I went up to him. I'm like, no, nah, I'm ready to play now. Da, 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 da. And he was like, son, if you had something to show, you should have shown it. So I stay in the gym later than everybody 
everybody else. I didn't leave. I walked back to the dorm after, again, everybody, they had to kick me out, out the gym. And I took the back way. I shed a tear. And then from there, every time I saw the coach on campus and stuff like that, so I didn't make the team. I used to go to the games and every time I would see the coach on campus, I'm going to be like, yo, I want to play. I'm going to play for you next year. Like, I'm the best freshman here. I want to play. There was a guy from Atlanta, shout out to Byron, who stayed in my same door and he was on the team. He was a walk-on. You know, guys, is going to be, I stayed in the all-male dorm brawley and we used to have a court outside. We used to call it Lean On Me and one tournament, like Rucker Park, because guy, we used to get it in every day, hooping. And so guys got Byron to start talking and they was like, yo, I got $100 on Kev and somebody else got $100 on Byron 101. We get to play in 101. I mean, the whole dorm, even the female dorms is out there because you got Pfeiffer Hall, you got Myrna Hall and all of them. So even the ladies, everybody was out there watching us play one-on-one. And of course, I was like, bro, I'm the best freshman at this university. And, you know, I smoked him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I smoked him, you know, <laughs> like I won the game. But for that whole year, that whole season, me beating him didn't matter because he was on the team. Me having to go up to the coach and find him and go up to the players and be like, I'm going to be your teammate next year, et cetera, et cetera. The entire year taught me a big lesson. Show up and do it right the first time. Like, do it well and not at all. That was a tough lesson to learn because for the last four years going into college, I had never not played sport, never not been on the team. So that was a part of my identity. So it also had to teach me to identify or have your own identity outside of the things that you do. So that was like a huge lesson, bro. Like huge. I was not happy about that because I knew that I was better, that I had a better skill set, but it did not matter because I did not show up and put my best foot forward from the beginning. And that then, bro, like that was a lesson. There's so many times where I had to learn. There's so many times where you have to observe. I mean, one of the things that I try to do is just be honest with myself about who I am and what it is that I'm doing. One of the biggest lessons that I had to learn when I came back from Africa, I spent six months in Africa, traveling through Africa, and I was trying to figure out how it affected me. And I couldn't figure it out until a few weeks later afterwards. And I realized that I wasn't interested in the same things, wasn't hanging around the same people either. Not that I was around bad people, but my circle just kept getting smaller and smaller. And you were there during this time. And, you know, we would have conversations and stuff like that, man. And that was a time when I came back from Africa where I had to change and I had to change my philosophy about life. I was kind of more so in the space of being um, an entrepreneur. One day I'm just going, you know, get it to a million, make it to a million. I'm just going to do this stuff and just had this mentality that wasn't conducive of how things are built. And so I had to look in the mirror and I had to change. I had to change my activities, the things that I did. I had to start reading. I had to start doing more, even deeper personal development work. That was all that I was watching. My friend circle got small, like a period, like they say in some of the rap song (laughs) and really started to focus and to build. Bro, during that time, I didn't even know how to really put together a resume. So I had to learn how to do that. I started applying for jobs and start seeking employment in order to do something different, in order to get a different outcome. I became more and more clear on who it was that I was working to become and what it is that I wanted out of life. And that was probably the hardest time of my life, even harder than I feel like even my childhood, because I cried over that 16 months until I left America. From June to October, June 2019 to October of 2020, I cried more in that time than I had in the last probably 26, 27 years, bro. Because that's how much the growing hurt and how much I had to release in order to become something else. I did it by putting one foot in front of the other. I just had to keep going through it. And it was hard. It was hard, bro. There were some really, 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 really low moments. And this is in your 30s, right? This is in my 30s, G. Uh-huh. I'm working to transition and then become a different person, to become a different man. A lot of people would argue that I was a great man or a good man at that point. And it's trying to become something better, trying to create a life that I could see, that I could visualize and become more. And that's the thing, man. That's why one of the taglines for the show is feed your ambition, because you have to keep going. You have to keep creating and keep reinventing yourself. I think I spent all of my money on my trip into Africa. All of my podcast laundry clients went away. (laughs) I couldn't get a job through my regular network. So that meant that I had to figure something else out. I even went to my old jobs, old employers in the fashion industry, which I hadn't worked in eight years and tried to get a job there. I couldn't find anything. I couldn't get hired by a temp agency. I couldn't get hired by anybody, bro. I had to go like literally to the bare basics. You're talking about humility. That was for the first time in my 
life where I went into debt. I couldn't pay my rent. I was buying groceries on credit card. This was a whole new experience that I think could have broken me if I were lesser. And I had to go through that and it was necessary. And the other part about it is that nobody could do it for me. The young lady that I was dating at the time, she had wanted to give me some money out of her stipend because I was just messed up. And she was like, how can I support you? How can I da 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 And I was like, you know, just pick up the phone when I call, please. But honestly, this is something that I have to face and this is something that I have to do. I wrote a letter of forgiveness to myself. I had several conversations with you. Bro, like I went through it. That was all of the stuff that I've been trying to avoid for years. I'm super proud of you, bro. I know for a fact that as a man who has had my own struggles in life, there comes a time when you got to ask those really hard questions that you have come up with whole narratives to distract yourself from asking. No, it's not an issue because and all these reasons why. And I have seen you develop a level of stability just in life in general. I've seen you continue to evolve your reputation. But who you are as an individual, it's calmer. It's more at peace. It's inspirational. You've always had an inspiring message and you've always had an inspiring presence. You've always poured into other people. You know, it's why we like watching movies because you see a hero go through the struggle and come out the other end, richer, stronger, more prophetic, all of that. And I feel like I've seen your hero arc. <laughs> you know, we got long life ahead of us. You know, we got goals. Like we got this accountability group that we talk all, every Sunday morning about and we're putting these quarterly goals together. So I know there's a lot on the other end of this thing we call life. Seeing you grow as an individual is just a blessing. Thank you, bro. That means a lot coming from you. I appreciate you. I did just bring up this accountability group. We've talked about some of the pivotal changes you've made. So let's bring it forward to the present. Where Kevin Y. Brown and Create Your Life and where are you today in terms of your career and what does September 8th, 2024 look like? What goals do you have for yourself? Honestly, a lot of where I am today started with the consistency factor. I can really say that that is a huge part of everything. And what are you doing today? Earlier, you asked me about the trajectory. So Podcast Laundry allowed me to travel through Africa. When I was going through Africa, I spoke at the Africa Tech Summit on podcasting. And then I saw that there was a gap in the African podcasting ecosystem. And I went down to South Africa and I studied for a few months there, just doing customer development, understanding where podcasting was in its phase. And when I came back to the States, you know, I was trying to raise money in order to go back to Africa and start a company. So fast forward, I moved back to Nairobi in January 2021. I am the chief content officer and head of strategy at Afripods, which is a pan-African podcast hosting a distribution platform focused on the African creator. Been able to get some great milestones and accomplishments for the African podcasting ecosystem while working here. But again, you know, it all started with Create Your Life series. So you are officially a full expat at the moment. Absolutely. Like through and through, bro. I'm like two and a half in, bro. Actually, more than two and a half. I'm closer to probably like three years than I am to two and a half. But that's the thing, right? Is creating your life is you want to jump out and you want to go and do stuff that is available to you, the opportunities. Like, do it. Why not? Just create. And that is one of the luxuries that I feel like I've been able to take advantage of. Again, you know, when there's no expectation, it leaves you the opportunity to do whatever it is that you desire. So with no expectation leaves the opportunity for elevation. How about that? I've been trying to make that into a quote this whole time. So that is to me what the opportunity is and what it has become. So what does life look like today? It's me waking up at 420 in the morning on a daily basis in order to get to my morning routine in order to be consistent and going to the gym consistently, you know, setting goals and accomplishing them. For our goals group that you mentioned, our thing is, is that it's a group of us, five men, all friends of mine who are brought together to do something that is so interesting because I was doing it on my own, then brought Yoel in in January. He, he, he did it and then brought the rest of my guys in, you, Dust and Omar. And in Q2, the thing about the group is, is hey man, everybody got has to get to that 80%. You got to get to that 80%. And so here we are in week 10 of Q3. I've hit my 80% this week working and open. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. It's that like being consistent, having the vision and being intentional, I think are the huge aspects of this experience that I really take to heart. It's that intentionality, man. It's taken me a while to get here. It's been a journey. Who I am today is, you know, showing up consistently. Another thing that has also played a big part in my success is being able to admit when you're wrong and having no problem being wrong. I think that is the ultimate, bro. If you're okay with being wrong, bro, then you can be taught. And if you can keep learning, you never go out of style. You can always evolve, but you have to be honest with yourself. So 
define that a little bit for me. What is Kevin Y. Brown? What does Create Your Life look like September 2024? After a full year of creation between now and that time frame, what will have been created by September 2024? I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> Sounds like we got to update the vision. <laughs> There's a lot of things that have been created, and this is a top secret information, but I'm coming to Atlanta next month. I've been nominated as a top 40 under 40 by my university. So I'm excited about that. We've gotten some good results. I just did a press release on the strategy that I've been working on with Afropods. I created a strategy called Broadcast the Podcast. I was able to grow that with a remote team of eight people in eight different countries to over 120 stations on our platform using our product. Looking at some big things to come from that. I can't really speak on them at the moment. I would say, bro, just in, in pursuit of excellence, the goals are growing. I mean, I don't want to run down a whole list of the goals for the quarter, man, but being consistent for people and being consistent for myself, I think one of the things that Dustin said in a conversation that we were having is how can you show up for other people when you can't even show up for yourself? And he said that in a conversation that we were having. And I just think that that's so important. Like, how can you celebrate other people if you don't celebrate yourself? Then other people will know how to celebrate you. So it's a lot of these small lessons and things like that that I'm learning and that I'm taking a heed to, man. I think the biggest thing is just being really responsible around who's around me, who I'm talking to and how I'm spending my time. So I would say how is Kevin creating his life in 2023, September is by being intentional as much as possible, right? We all fall short of glory here and there, but always being a man of your word, person of your word, and being intentional about how you do things and what you're doing. That's where I'm at with it. That sounds like a word to me. Well, listen, Kevin, I want to do something that hasn't been done before. I want to put you in the dolphin tank and ask you rapid fire questions as you have done to so many guests across these previous 200 episodes. Now, these rapid fire questions, you must answer in 30 seconds or less. All right. Bro, I've never been on the other side of this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're putting the pressure on. All right. What was the last song you listened to in your playlist and why? The last thing that I listened to actually today was my daily affirmations because I've been chilling in silence, but I would probably say the last other song that I listened to was Die Hard by Kendrick Lamar. I like the production on it and I like the hook. I like it a lot. It's really good. It speaks to me. How do you measure or make sure that you're growing each year? The accountability group. And before it was accountability group, it was me right now, my goals for the year and my vision for the year. I also had a three, five, 10 year plan and then measuring how I'm stacking up against and it's very interesting too once you start writing stuff down and you do vision boarding and stuff like that how things come into your life and manifest just by you having written it down or vision boarded it so for sure what is currently holding you back from creating the life that you want I think I probably need to be maybe out a little bit more there's a certain goal that I'm trying to achieve that has been on my goals list for a while and I think it requires me to be outside a bit more I've definitely become more of a recluse so I probably need to be a little bit more social so the answer is me, but the thing is I need to be out and be a little bit more social. Okay. Okay. Top tech that you're using to make your life run smooth. Ooh, top tech is definitely probably Slack, if I'm being honest, right? Because all of my businesses run through Slack. That's the main way in which I communicate. So I think Slack is a very, very key component. And of course, like Google Suite for sure. And of course, my phone. Can't live without that. That's the air we breathe. Favorite quote or model that you live by? I got a million and favorite quarter model Kanye West joint excellence is the bare minimum do it well or not at all I just like quotes I just know 30 seconds or less that's all right favorite or most impactful book that you've read? It's the book by Claude Anderson, Powernomics. Did I buy you that book? Yes, yes you did. did That's you on my to-do list. <laughs> man, I bought you that book like two years ago. You better read that book, man. Yo, that book is the most powerful book. It helped me to understand the relationship that African-Americans have with America as well with other minority groups and how our experience is different. That and The Alchemist. But Powernomics definitely changed my life and changed my perspective. Three jewels for someone looking to create their best lives. Take one you said, consistency. I mean, consistency, it matters, but I'm going to say you can be consistent and do things at a poor level. So I would probably say do it well or not at all. That to me, it matters. Do it well or not at all. Slash consistency. Consistency, it matters. Be you. For me, every time in my life when I've tried to do something like someone else or do stuff that was out of what Kevin would do, it never has worked out well for me. So be authentic, be original for sure. 
Like that matters a lot. I think one of the biggest things that has gotten me to where I am is that you have to be so locked in on doing what you are going to do. You have to stay the course and which goes back into consistency, right? But it's like, you know, when I was sleeping on that train, when I was working as a janitor at work at 530 in the morning, getting off at one, I started working that early shift to do eight hours in the morning so I can get off in the afternoon to go and intern at a clothing company that wasn't paying me. Like you have to be so driven or so obsessed with where you're trying to go to that you're willing to do whatever it takes within reason. Well, actually, no, sometimes it's not within reason, but you don't want to sacrifice yourself morally is what I'm trying to say where I said within reason, right? To me, that's originality and that's also staying consistent and doing things well. My third thing would be be curious, maybe be curious, like go out and try different things and explore and see what else you can find out about. I wasn't a radio presenter. I had to learn that. I spent time, hours learning that craft. I didn't know about Japan. Japan's one of my list of places to go back to. One of the few places that I want to go back to, but it was because I allowed myself to be open to going and to going and having the experience. So I would say, be curious, be curious and act on the curiosity. I got better ones than that, but that's what I have in this moment. That's okay. It's dolphin take, rapid fire, rapid fire. All right. What's next for you? 30 seconds. Mm, what's next for me? Well, Podcast Logic is still going great. So, you know, produce some more podcasts for different individuals and production houses. Working to make Afropods the biggest podcasting platform. We already are the leading podcast platform in Africa, the best one. Continuing to build on that, continuing to help African creators monetize their genius and to take up as much space as possible. Continuing to evolve as a person, be surrounded by people that I can love on and that can love on me and continue to evolve as a person. That's the real big thing, man, is just trying to become more, figuring out what that more is. That is where I am. That is what I aspire to leave a legacy that my future family can be proud of and that my friends and family are proud of. Well, I'm definitely proud of you, bro. It's an honor to be able to interview you after I have seen and heard you interview so many people so adeptly over the past 200 episodes. And I just really appreciate you giving me this opportunity. No, most definitely, bro. And before we get off, I got to do something that to me is very, very important. Number one, I want to shout out my people from Podcast Laundry, the production team, the people who make this happen daily, because without them, I wouldn't even be in a position that I'm in. So that's Kali, audio producer. April, audio manager, Gabriel, our quality control guy, Mona, who's our newest admin, Palak, who is our social media manager, Megan, who does video for us, Mads, who just joined the team, who's doing amazing video work for us as well. Man, hold on. Who am I forgetting? I don't want to forget anybody on the production squad because one thing that I love about running companies is that my team is confident in my ability, but I'm also confident in theirs and they show up. They show up for me. That means the world to me. So I'm trying to think who else could I'll be forgetting Aaron, who does the notes for the Create Your Life series. Amazing talent, amazing person. Also, shout out to Rwanda, who does some amazing work for us. And anybody else who I may have missed, much love to y'all on the team. And then also the Create Your Life series in order for it to become a radio show and a podcast. I did a GoFundMe and my mission was to raise 2000 bucks, And I ended up raising $2,240. And so for all of the people who definitely came through for us in the beginning, and made the Create Your Life series a possibility. I want to shout everybody out. So I want to do that by name. So please bear with me while I do this, man. Ishula Smith, Roma Williams, Amy Lay, FF, Kester Garraway, Latif, Jamila, Ashley Head, Rebecca Williams, Shaman Walton, Tyler Forrest, Dustin Jackson, Edison Kelly, Myron Terry, David Henderson, Courtney Semper, Nathaniel Devertil, Elaine Fluker, Shafan Rollins, Anonymous, Sheikah Jones, Tiffany Reeves, Lerone Sobrian, Letitia Danette, Paul James, will work hard, train harder, that's my LB, Chris Alvarez, Julian Bob, Lavelle Patton, Cookie Johnson, Michael Stewart, Andrew Johnson, Shannon Taylor, another anonymous, Anthony Clay, Samuel Hilliard III, Carl Bowen, Chris Bryce Bell, another anonymous, shout out to y'all who keeping it on the low, Justin Chapman, Yashika Smith, Leroy Barr, Kelly Richardson, Estelle Lett, Michael Andrews, Stacey Johnson, Donald Garner, Khalil Harry, Donnie Rogers, 
Rogers, Tremaine Friend, Trey Evans, Desmond Landers, Justin Manning, another anonymous, another anonymous. Keep that anonymous money coming, baby. Uh, James Crawford, Kiana Brown, Sean Carswell, Jonathan Cottle, Jasu Sims, another anonymous, and Dustin Jackson, I believe, again. And so a big part of why this show is so important, man, and why I have to keep going and why we have to make sure that the quality of the content, like it matters and that people are getting value. It's because people literally took their hard-earned money and invested in this idea that I had, man. For me, like I'm excited right now in this moment, bro. Yeah, I can see it in your face, bro. <laughs> Come on, man. Like that's such a beautiful thing, right? You know, for people to take their hard-earned money and give it to me in order to do something, that trust that they put in me is the same trust that I want to make sure that they feel good about the value and what has come from it. Thank you to everybody who invested in this idea. And Eddie Velasquez for doing the visuals. He did the visuals on all four of those first editions, different places in the world. It's people like that believing in you and saying, yo, you know what? I know the quality of person you are. I'm going to do it and we're going to do this together. And Javon Dominguez and Jordan West, my guys who were out there holding the camera for me and then Alicia Nash, these people helped me to garner and to make this thing a thing. And shout out to Sharice Adams. She was one of the first people to work on the show with me too. You have these people who were investing their time and their energy and their love and their money in order to make this a staple, man. And so I'm excited. So what's next is more great episodes, more quality content, more create your life and helping other people to do the same and more amazing guests. Amen to that. Hats off to you, sir. Congratulations to 200 episodes. It's a feat and quite an accomplishment. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. So create your life series, family. As you know, this is episode 200. It has been a pleasure being with you. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast episodes and share with everyone you know, but make sure to listen on Afropods. So please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to info at CYO series. The Create Your Life series is executive produced by myself, Kevin Y. Brown, and produced by the Podcast Lodging Production Company. And this episode has been recorded at Kofisi Studios in Nairobi, Kenya. So until next time, create your life and feed your ambition. This is episode 200. Peace. This episode was brought to you by PodcastLaundry.com. I love Podcast Laundry. It provides a real solution to free up my time. And time is the only resource that we cannot get back. Podcast Laundry was created with love to help other fellow busy podcasters free up time so that they could do more of what they love, whether that's traveling, time with friends and family, or working on other ventures. If you want to free up your time, then have Podcast Laundry do the dirty work of note-taking, graphic creation, editing, show tagging, and uploading for you. Go to PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. And remember to use code CYLS. That's PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273.